This episode of the 501st Cast is dedicated to Calvin Lee Smith, TK6493, from Cloud City Garrison, who passed away on August 25th, and Ryan Hubbard, TK91185, from Garrison Tyrannus, who passed away on September 9th. You will be missed, brothers. Buckets off for these eternal legionnaires. We found a computer outlet, sir. Plug in. You should be able to interpret the entire Imperial network. You are listening to the 501st Cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion, Lucasfilm's preferred Imperial costuming organization. Stay tuned to global news from the front lines of the Empire as the men and women of Vader's Fist celebrate decades of promoting Star Wars, honing the art of costumes and props, and contributing to the community through charity and volunteer work. And here are your hosts. Take it away, troopers. Copy that. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the 501st Cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion, Vader's Fist. This is episode 105 for Monday, October 9th, 2017. And here are your hosts, myself, Joe, SL12743. This is Nikki, DZ8397. And Marcus, TK14057. The 501st Legion is currently at 12,140 members with 22,293 approved costumes in the Legion. There's a shout out here to our newest member listed on 501st.com at the time of our recording here. Uh, So shout out to Daniel, TR23473, a new Royal Guard for Redback Garrison in Australia. Now, in this episode, we have our first mission report from a new garrison, and we hear from our Alaska garrison in person and eagerly await the Last Jedi trailer. Stay tuned. Recent news. Like last episode, we want to pause a moment to send good vibes to our Puerto Rico garrison on their long road of recovery after Hurricane Maria, as well as those dealing with Tropical Storm Nate and the California fires this week. And also to our Neon City garrison after the terrorist attack in Las Vegas. To our knowledge, all of our members in all these regions impacted are safe, but there are still so many people suffering and our thoughts are with them. On August 26th, there was a special kind of movie premiere hosted at the National Space Center in the United Kingdom. It was for Speechless Films documentary Heroes of the Empire, featuring our mighty United Kingdom garrison. Take a listen to this video made to recap the red carpet premiere. No news yet on when this will get a wider release, but really hoping it will be soon. National Space Center, the perfect setting for the official premiere of Heroes of the Empire. This is the second feature film documentary made by Speechless Films. The audience is building, as is the excitement, for this very special and amazing film. This film is a 60-minute documentary, and it's looking at the 501st UK Garrison, which is a group of costumers the work they do is very, very touching, and I think that people at Costume are misrepresented by the media quite a lot. This film's really trying to shed light on the other side of what they do. Speechless Films, uh, they were the first production company to, to take on your story, and were you apprehensive to start with? We 
have to be very careful because we've been asked many, many times um, to appear in things and a lot of the time it's to get a laugh at our expense. But I met Ross and Tom, sat down with them, explained a bit about the UK garrison, told them a few stories and you could see they were moved and it's like from day one we knew they understood us and they've had our complete trust ever since. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the premiere of Heroes of the Empire. <laughs> I want to start by saying thank you everybody for coming here this evening and making the journey. We really do appreciate it. You guys have made tonight possible and we're extremely grateful to you. So it's been a two and a half year process making a documentary, but without further ado, we present Heroes of the Empire. What did you think of the film? Uh, absolutely brilliant. Really, really, really good. Um, there were moments in the film where I was uh, welling up. Um, very emotional, but really, really well made. And uh, the guys are speechless, have done us proud. I think the guys have told the story really, really well, with, with good heart. I thought it was amazing. I thought it really captured the whole essence of what we actually do. So like, from just looking like geeks to actually something worthwhile. We get accused of all sorts of things, costume snobbery and all of this kind of stuff, and there was none of that. It showed what we do and why we do what we do, which is really important to us. You say you sort of, you dress up as a stormtrooper or a star fedler, and people sort of go, it's a bit weird, isn't it? But this sort of film, all you'd have to do is say, you know what, watch that, and they'll get it. Definitely more than putting on a costume. The impact these guys are making, like I'd never heard of UK Garrison before. And I just think this film is going to really make people aware of not only who UK Garrison are, but the impact that they're making on people's lives is really, really inspiring. And I think that's what brought me to Tears of Inspiration. Well, honestly, it brought a tear to my eye. You know, it had sad stories. And also there's positive stories out there. I thought it was absolutely phenomenal. This film really touched our heartstrings. It makes you feel proud to have a passion for sort of a franchise like this. And it, seeing the happiness it brings to kids is incredible. The moment the film started, I was, uh, I was already impressed. I was really gobsmacked. Uh, a really all-star night and I can't fault it one bit. They've outdone Secret Cinema and they've outdone Comic-Con. It's been amazing. I'm so impressed. It was a difficult composing pieces for such a sensitive topic. Well, it's interesting that you asked me that question because I regularly left my studio in tears. I hope I succeeded in bringing to life those twin elements, the pride, the dignity of the guys, and the humanity and the warmth of the people that they have. Tell me the biggest challenge as an assistant producer. For me personally, the biggest part was actually uh, the hospitals. That was the first ever shoot I did for this production. The scene with the little girl um, where she went in, she received a bit of Lego, and the face she pulled, the actual excitement. I was in tears when I was on camera. It was the perfect introduction as to what this charity is, as to what they do. And so I saw very clearly in the first ever shoot, okay, I know how this finished product is going to look. I think we've had a very positive reaction. We're humbled and 
ecstatic with how everyone's received it. Being authentic is key to being who you are. If you're not being who you are, you're putting on a mask. So, yeah, telling the truth is what we try to do here at Speech Films. So that was Speechless Films on Facebook. It sounds like they made uh, quite a documentary about the UKG, the UK garrison. I'm impressed. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that. So as uh, Marcus, you mentioned, it's uh, no no news yet on when it will uh, get a wider release, but I'm um, hoping it would be soon. I mean, there are a number of documentaries out there um, about the 501st Legion itself. I mean, I, when I first saw Heart of the Empire, uh, I was I, I fell in love with the Legion, and, and at that point, I had never heard of them before, except for the uh, the Rose Parade uh, ten years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, well, the the Rose Bowl Parade, I should say, and um, and of course now, of course, I'm a member, and here I am uh, <laughs> on the five hundred first cast, uh, and uh, happy to be here. But you know, th- there are a lot of touching documentaries, and uh, of course. Um, the the stories that are in those documentaries that focus on the uh, the charity aspect of what we do um, are really really touching and you, you just can never get enough of those stories and so yeah, I'm really looking forward to uh, uh, seeing that when it does come out. So speaking of new releases and stuff coming out, uh, obviously today is October 9th when we're recording and the trailer just hit. So I think we all need to uh, to go. <laughs> we'll we'll see you later. We're gonna go watch the trailer and we'll be right back. All right, I'm going to play it. Are you guys? Do you guys have it queued up? Yep. Marcus, do you have it ready to view? I do. I do. I'm ready. Okay, I'm going to play it at my end, and uh, just so you want to sync it, hit your play buttons right when I say now. I'm going to go three, two, one now, and then right on now, hit your play buttons. <laughs> okay. Okay. Three, two, one now. When I found you, I saw. Raw, untamed power. And beyond that, something truly special. always been there. But now it's awake. And I need help. I've seen this raw strength only once before. It didn't scare me enough then. It does now. Kill it. If you have to. That's the only way to become what you were meant to be.
need someone to show me my place in all this. Oh my, as uh, George Takei would say. Uh, <laughs> well, oh, well. I should say, oh dear. Uh, <laughs> um, is Ray going to the dark side? But, I don't know. Her costume does get darker. So does Finn's. Yeah. And uh, was that Snoke echoing a famous line from uh, Sidious, someone who I, I like to dress as from time to time? Uh, Fulfill your destiny. Uh, there are mm-hmm. a lot of parallels, it seems here, to uh, well, uh, the past. I, I really like it. I'm, I'm going to have to watch this again. Obviously, there's so much to take in, but uh, right, right. I'm not going to blabber so much. I, I'm just flabbergasted at this whole thing. And only one thing could uh, uh, scare Luke once before, and it didn't as much as it does this time. What do you guys think he was talking about? I don't I have know. To watch, I have to watch, I have to watch it, again. it again. Yeah, <laughs> he was definitely scared. I've never seen him as scared as as, as uh, in that scene, but uh, it, it looked great. Uh, Finn and Phasma, and then Snoke, Snoke doing a little uh, uh, force uh, choke on on Ray. It seems so. It's it's going to be very interesting. And was that? I think. Uh, the, go ahead, Marcus. Go ahead. go ahead, Marcus. I think the I think the trailer is obviously cut in a way that it's you know that we are to believe a certain thing is going to happen, but but. But maybe not. But don't don't really know where where this is going. But uh, it's going to be two hours and thirty minutes of pure fun. I'm I'm, I'm hoping. That's right. So far, the longest running Star Wars movie yet. And uh, mm-hmm. well, um, I'm going to have to make sure that I uh, drain the bladder before I go into the theater for sure, <laughs> and uh, uh, make sure that um, I have uh, all of my popcorn and perhaps a small drink, not a large one, handy. Uh, and um, I'm going to just, yeah, uh, this is going to be quite the experience for sure. And uh, was that Finn with a lightsaber? I could have sworn for a split second I saw him ignite a saber, maying my uh, uh, visual optical receptors were uh, deceiving me here a little bit. But uh, I could have sworn I saw Finn ignite something there. It seemed like a staff, but I I could be wrong. A staff of some kind, yeah. Maybe not. Very cool. I, I'm I'm very uh, uh, very interested uh, into what it is that scares Luke. Where he saw, mm-hmm. he said he only saw that kind of raw power once before. So who was it that wielded raw power other than the Emperor? You know, uh, Yoda maybe, but Yoda didn't scare Luke. Obviously, um, you know, unless Luke screwed up and he was worried about getting in trouble or something. You know, when he was training. <laughs> but I mean. Um, <laughs> Yeah, the, the mm. Emperor was the only one that I think uh, would have scared Luke in the past. And, he, and Luke said that nothing scared him like this does. So I, I'm really curious to see what this is. It must be Snoke. It's got to be. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and then the, the Porg doing a little chewy impression. That was so cute, I thought. <laughs> uh, yeah, I liked that. Uh, so does Chewie have a pet Porg now? Sort of like, uh, you know, it, Chewie was basically, you know, Han was a space pirate and, and Chewie was his sidekick. So is Chewie uh, now the, the, the space pirate with the little parrot on his shoulder now, the Porg parrot, you know, the, uh, accompanying the space pirate on his uh, new adventures now? That would be kind of fun. <laughs> oh, that, uh, by the way, that weapon that Finn is uh, wielding is 
is I think that new weapon of the uh, the first order TKs. I think. Okay. Uh, okay. That that axe type thing. Uh, I think, but again, it was so quick. But it wasn't. It wasn't a lightsaber. Well, that's good to know. He had his fair, fair share of uh, lightsabers, I think, in the Force Awakens. <laughs> that's just. <laughs> Uh, well, cool. I, I, that is what an outstanding trailer. I mean, we're just gonna have to go uh, watch it again, and uh, I'm sure it's gonna be watched mm-hmm. and watched and watched. I mean, it just came out literally as we played that just minutes ago on Facebook. According to uh, Facebook, as we record this, it came out 16 minutes ago, and it already has 33,634 shares on on Facebook. That's that's impressive for just 16 minutes of being on Facebook. So. Um, and, and I'm sure by this time uh, tomorrow or when the podcast gets out, it'll have probably 33 million shares. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm uh, uh, very excited for this, of course, as a Star Wars fan and, and then more. Uh, Luke Skywalker has always been my hero. And doggone it, he'd better not go to the dark side. It's bad enough that it seems like Ray might, but uh, I, I hope uh, Ray doesn't. I, I'm willing to bet. Now, are you guys open to conjecture at all? I'm wondering if she goes to the dark side, if it might be up to Luke to redeem her like he did his uh, father. Uh, that, that might be interesting. I would be all for that. Yeah, I don't know how it's going to play out. You know, and there was another scene where uh, Kylo looked like he was about to uh, shoot his and Marcus, you were talking about how the different scenes were intercut to maybe make it seem mm-hmm. like things were going to go a certain way. And of course, maybe in the movie, when the movie comes out, things go a completely different direction. But it seemed like sure. Kylo was in his fighter or his uh, uh, his his personal ship there, and he was about to shoot his uh, guns, his lasers, and it was that that was right before, or was it right after? Leia looking up it kind of in his direction there. Mm-hmm. So did you get the mm-hmm. impression that he might have been uh, going after his mom, kind of like he uh, uh, did away with his dad in Force Awakens? Do you think he's going after the other parent maybe now? No, I don't think so. Again, it was cut in a way that, that we have to believe it might happen, but I don't think so. I mean, we all know Leia's not coming back in episode nine, so her story most likely ends here. Uh, not in this scene, but in, in that movie in episode eight. But uh, I guess we'll never know. We'll never know what's going on in the, the Lucasfilm story group's heads, but uh, it's definitely going to be surprises left and right. I, I can guarantee that. Like Marcus had said that they cut it together in a certain way, and it did seem like you were trying. they were trying to lead you to believe that those two scenes were interconnected but they could have taken place in totally different parts of the film. Yeah, they but yeah, it did look like he was going to blow up whatever ship Leia was on. Yeah, I, those those were the two big takeaways that I got from that trailer. And they could mean something or they could mean something or they could not mean anything. But it seemed that the two big things were, you know, one, it seemed like Ray was going to the dark side towards the end. She was looking to Kylo to uh, show her her place and everything, as she said. And then it seemed to me that, that Kylo, in turn, was... Uh, possibly looking to go after the other parent, his other parent in this one. And then, of course, maybe a third thing, Luke being scared by something that he'd never been scared of before. So I guess three three takeaways um, that really uh, made an impression on me just watching that trailer for the first time. Yeah, it was only like two and a half minutes, but it seemed like there was like so much to digest. Yeah, there was a lot. And uh, I'm going to have to go watch it again. So you guys go ahead and enjoy the podcast and I'm going to go watch this again here. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Hold on.
We have some new CRL entries since our last episode. Our Imperial Officer Corps has a new alternative for those who really don't care for wearing riding boots. The Rogue One Imperial Science Officer features straight leg pants and plain black leather shoes. Another Rogue One costume that is now ready for GML approval is Galen Urso's Tarkin Initiative outfit. The Bounty Hunters Guild has started a campaign to make their CRL list more green. To that end, the following five existing costumes have now complete CRLs and are ready for GML approval. And they are Zuckus, the long-awaited Boba Fett Special Edition, Death Watch Torch, Super Commando Captain, and Forlom. I didn't know that we had Forloms in the Legion. Now we do. That, that's cool. Uh, <laughs> dying to see one of them. The 1st Imperial Stormtrooper Detachment has had three new costumes added to their roster, including the first costumes from The Last Jedi. While we usually hesitate to confirm CRLs before the movie is out, The Last Jedi Stormtrooper and The Last Jedi Executioner Stormtrooper were fairly self-explanatory, but are open to be updated if things happen to change after December. And last but not least, the Rogue One version of the TK is now ready for GML approval. You can check out links to all of these in our show notes. Thanks again to Legion Membership Officer Eric, TK9674, for this update. Hi, this is Mark Hamill, and you're listening to the 501st Cast, the most forceful podcast in the galaxy. Enjoy! Mission Reports As we mentioned last episode, Labor Day weekend is the time for two big East Coast conventions, Fan Expo Canada in Toronto and Dragon Con in Georgia. As you may have seen via the brief live feed video that went up on our Facebook page, I traveled to Fan Expo and it was awesome as always. Canadian Garrison debuted their massive new set piece to their already impressive booth display. They added Jabba the Hutt. And we'll have a link to the booth tour video in our show notes in case you missed that. Um, But the best part is that Canadian Garrison set a new donation record by raising 27,270 Canadian, which is just over 21,000 U.S., for Make-A-Wish Canada. Supporting the Garrison were volunteers from neighboring units, Capital City Garrison, Fortress Imperial, Garrison Excelsior, New England Garrison, Star Garrison, Carolina Garrison, 70th Explorers Garrison, Rebel Legion's Canadian Base and Echo Base, and R2 Builders Club with guest of honor and movie star herself, R2KT. And of course, big thanks go to the attendees of Fan Expo who generously placed money in our donation bins to support this great charity. There were only a few Star Wars celebs this year. Anthony Daniels, Vanessa Marshall, and Taylor Gray were all signing and participated in panels. Plus, Dave Filoni was on hand to screen the first two episodes of Star Wars Rebels Season 4. He and Anthony also stopped by the Canadian Garrison's booth and signed uh, their replica throne. And it was, of course, an amazing time as always. Fantastic hosts, the Canadian Garrison and the Fan Expo organizers. And although this convention is always competing with Dragon Con, I still highly recommend it. And also, speaking of Forlom and Zuckus, uh, Canadian Garrison, actually Fortress Imperial Garrison members uh, brought those costumes to Fan Expo and wore them. Um, so that was pretty exciting to see those in person. Uh, when um, Anthony Daniels came by, I think he just signed the throne. Um but when Dave Filoni came by, he spent a lot of time signing the throne. It wasn't till after that I realized that he did a full sketch of Ahsoka on the throne in addition to signing it. So that was pretty awesome to see that. 
So yeah, go check out the video awesome. of did the you tour. Watch... Go ahead. Did you uh, did you watch the first episodes, the first two? Yes, I did get to go to the screening. Um, it was a little confusing at first in the program book because it said that they were going to do the screening followed by a panel uh, with Vanessa Marshall and Taylor Gray, but they actually did them in reverse. They First, they did this whole big, long panel, and then they did the screening, which, which that's fine. But I just, I felt bad for people that, you know, tried to catch one or the other and came at the wrong time. But hopefully everyone was just going to come for both and was already in the theater. Um, but it was... Um, Dave Filoni was um, mysterious as always. You know, people were trying to ask questions and uh, figure out, you know, hints for future episodes. And he was just, he is like the best sidestepper to any of those kind of questions. So, so he avoided all that. And, um, and uh, one of the, I don't even remember what the questions were, but someone tried to ask Taylor a question too. And, and he kept like, you know, looking at Dave Filoni out of the side of his eye to make sure he was answering it correctly. Um, uh, we um, we got to visit Vanessa Marshall and uh, Taylor Gray at their um, their signing table, and we, being my family, and we brought our R two unit with us. And um, Taylor was like so wide eyed about it. I don't know. I don't know how many conventions he's done. I mean, obviously he did celebration. Um, right. I don't know how many you know R two units he's encountered in person before, um, but he None. was just <laughs> he was just totally in awe of it. And um, for our R two, we have uh, two different remotes: one that controls the feet and one that controls the head. So I'm like, here, you want to you know move his head. So we gave him the remote. He was like just a kid in a candy shop. Oh my god, he was so excited about it. So so that was really cool. We um, he actually ran out of autographed photos, um, so we didn't we weren't able to get a photo signed by, by him. But I have that memory of him playing with our droid. So that I think that's almost cooler. So Nikki, so Nikki, so you watched the first two in Canada, okay. Canada and you watched three or four at the Presidio. Um, so it was episode six that they showed us. Oh, six. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, now I have this like gap that I got to wait until, (laughs) you know, later on in the month to, um, to fill, which actually, yeah, yeah, we should mention that October 16th was the premiere season four of rebels. So anyone who didn't get to see episode one at celebration or at fan expo, Mm -hmm. October 16th is your chance to see it. And Vanessa Marshall says she wants people to get on Twitter and, and watch it live with her. So So go out and and tweet with her. Hey, everyone. This is Jake Sloan, the commanding officer of the Alaskan Garrison here with my executive officer. Hi. My name is Jen Wallace. I am the executive officer of the Garrison, and I'm also the PR officer. And then joining us on the phone because he couldn't be here in person is the Garrison events coordinator and Garrison web liaison and a lot of other things. This is... Brian Peterson, ID 62832, uh, currently hanging out with Garrison Titan. So we decided that we wanted to record and say hi to everybody who listens to this podcast and do a segment and uh, maybe do our own troop report since we seem to have been um, taking over taking the over a lot of the podcasts and a lot of the troop reports lately. 
We thank you, Nikki. Yes. yes. Thanks, Nikki. We appreciate what you do a lot. Um, I'm sure you've been fielding a lot of questions from us as we've gone from being an outpost to gaining garrison status, which has been really, really cool for us and happened yes. in a shorter amount of time than I thought it would. It actually... Less than two years. Less than two years. Yeah. We When I got approved two years ago, or not quite two years ago... Um, I think there was eight or nine members up here, and now we're uh, at 30 and growing. We've got a few more members on the horizon. Mm -hmm. So we do. It's very cool and very exciting and lots of fun up here trooping in Alaska lately. We are very, very busy trooping we, all of the time. Yes, we are trooping a lot. Well, you know, the important thing is we got to keep all of our troopers from Fairbanks, Juneau, and the Anchorage Valley area constantly busy because... Uh, Alaska covers about two-thirds of the United States. Garrison Canada is the only one that, you know, can show up Alaska because they're just, they're bigger. One of the things that's unique for us up here in Alaska is that we uh, have three distinct groups. We have one that's kind of central, which is Anchorage in the Valley, and then one that's four or five hundred miles north of us in Fairbanks and North Pole, and then a group that's eight, eight almost 900 miles south of us in Juneau. And so if you figure out that distance between Juneau and Fairbanks, it's uh, about the same distance as it is from Anchorage to Seattle or from Seattle to somewhere in California. <laughs> I don't know where. Probably San Diego. Probably. probably. <laughs> it's a long way. And so it's been interesting as we've been growing as a garrison and then um, especially as we've been getting more event requests uh, to figure out how we handle the requests that come in for Juno or for Fairbanks when a lot of our footwork and legwork has been done in Anchorage. It's been a fun and interesting challenge. It's absolutely been worthwhile. Um, Jake, when we started uh, a year and three quarters ago, you know, we originally got the feedback that our little Alaska outpost would be lucky to have six to eight events a year for the entire state. Um, the your first full year in costume and uh, was mine was in June. So about six months of me being in costume, we were already up to almost 35 troops in that short time frame. And then we have increased it. We're almost up to 90 and the year is not over yet. So yeah, we have a lot coming up between now and the end of the year. So we we'll... do, but I think the thing I'm most proud of and always most excited to do are the hospital troops. And, um, I guess apparently we're leading the legion in amount of hospital troops, which the entire legion, the entire legion, which is, um, something I'm pretty proud of. And also a little, um, amazed at that our little outpost now garrison could absolutely pull that off. flabbergasted by so. that, that this, teeny little town with three hospitals is leading the entire worldwide organization in consistency and quantity of hospital visits. Yes. And they're awesome. Yes. If you haven't done a hospital troop yet, you should definitely try and get on board for the next one in your area. I think they're... Or put in the legwork to start them. It is a lot of work. It's a lot of time, but it's absolutely worth it. Yes, it is. I think those are the most rewarding troops I've done have been the hospital visits. Now, the large challenge that uh, the bigger garrisons that we've been noticing have problems with is because they have a lot more membership. For example, uh, Titan is around the 167 mark down here, which is a huge congratulations to them. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. But in a hospital visit, you only can have about six to eight people in costume to include 
your what we call the Imperial Support Crew or handlers. That is inclusive of those people because you're in very tight quarters. You're going to potentially going into either play areas, common areas, which are not, typically not that large. Or if you're very blessed, you get to go down to visit people in their rooms, and those are definitely tight-knit. It is a, a, a wonderful challenge to navigate the areas. If it's one of those, if you have a draw and a desire in your membership base to get out there and do hospitals, the hospitals are actually pretty willing to work with you, but you have to establish that rapport and that trust. On the 30th of August, we had the pleasure of... Um participating in cosplay day at the Alaska State Fair and we were uh we were there all day and we had an absolute blast and it was um awesome because they let allowed us to um raise money for the Make-A-Wish Foundation so essentially they let us free to cause shenanigans and run all over the fairgrounds and do whatever we wanted um in costume while raising money mm-hmm. and they gave us the support staff the amazing support staff and MCs and um, security to allow us to do that we raised $651 for the Make-A-Wish Foundation and we solidified a partnership with the staff at the fair which I'm pretty proud of because they were amazing to work with. We also got the pleasure of participating in Force Friday at our local Toys R Us, which actually was kind of cool because one of our troopers from Fairbanks was able to come down, one of our Tuscans up there, and was able to participate with Kylo Ren and a snow trooper and a biker scout in Force Friday here. On September 9th, this is an event we were all super excited about. It was the first annual Childhood Cancer Heroes Walk. It was put on by um, the Children's Hospital at Providence, which we uh, obviously have a substantial relationship with. We visit them monthly. Also, the Cancer Center at Providence. And it was an event that they decided to do to celebrate um, all the kids that have cancer, that have or that have received treatment at the Cancer Center. Um, I was very excited that they asked us to participate because we were the only heroes quote-unquote like cartoonish heroes um that were mixed in with the real heroes meaning nurses firefighters oncology staff um, make-a-wish staff um bone marrow transplant staff so we were the only ones that were requested along with the real heroes so i was pretty proud of that and it was a very eye-opening, humbling experience for us because every uh, every kid that we got to see that day running around happy, healthy with their families, we had seen sick on the unit at some point in time in the last 19 months of hospital visits. It was amazing. It was amazing. It was amazing to have them come up to us to remember their to have them remember us coming and visiting them. Um, it was it was pretty awesome. It was it was awesome. So, yeah, it was, I hope they continue to do that. It was successful enough um, to where I think that they will, that will be an annual thing for them. And I hope we are asked to participate again. Me too. So on September 14th, we made our 22nd visit to Providence Hospital, uh, our 19th visit to the Children's Hospital there, but our 22nd visit to the campus itself. 
and spent a little time bringing lots of joy, including to one very special patient who's been there for almost every single visit that we've made to yes. Providence Hospital. She's so only far. missed two visits. Yes. In 19 months. And hopefully that might be our last visit with her, but we don't know yet. Uh, that's not certain. Um, I'm sad if it is. Yeah. But happy at the same it's time because that and means happy. she won't be there anymore. Yeah. She's always been very, very, very excited to see us every single time we come. And she has developed a very close friendship with our Admiral Tao here, who also happened to be able to send her a uh, communication from deep space out in the Titan system. And it was received very, very well. She loved every second of it. On the 16th of September, we had the privilege of participating in the Ark of Anchorage's first um, first annual Halloween Trunk or Treat. Um, this was designed to replace um, a huge event in town called Trick or Treat Town that is no longer happening. So, And we always do Halloween kind of early here in Anchorage because by the time... Uh, Halloween comes around, there's usually snow and ice on the ground and it's very cold. So there's lots of trick-or-treat in the heat and um, trunk-or-treat events uh, in September and early October because it gets so stinking cold by Halloween. Um, it was it was an awesome event. Um, there was lots of booths, um, lots of handmade costumes and booths that were designed to be um, out of trunks of cars. Uh, there was lots of activities for kids, um, lots of other characters running around, and mm -hmm. we got to um, just inter interact with the with the patrons and wander around in direct traffic and cause shenanigans, as always. Of course. Yes. Shenanigans always, always happen to happen on every troop we do. It seems like shenanigans happen at some point. It's our specialty. It is our specialty. We're really good at shenanigans. Yes. So this is Jake Sloan, SL99504, Lord Vader in Alaska, signing off. This is uh, Jen Wallace, IC84864, Imperial Bridge Crew, signing off. This is Brian Peterson, ID62832, Admiral Tao, signing off. Jeremy Sim is a devoted husband and Star Wars fan in Singapore who decided to sell off his collection of Star Wars memorabilia instead of his late wife's belongings. His wife had wanted to have her belongings donated to charity after she died, but her grieving husband wanted to keep them to remember her by. So instead, he sold his entire collection of Star Wars memorabilia at the Singapore Toy Game and Comic Convention on September 9th and donated the proceeds to the KK Hospital Health Fund. He was able to raise 11,800 Singapore dollars, which is about 8,655 US dollars for the charity. Jeremy expressed a special thanks to a kind man who came to the convention with a $1,000 Singapore dollar note and bought some of his collection. What was really touching was that he asked which items were Jeremy's favorite, bought them, and then presented them back to Jeremy, instructing him to never sell them but to keep them for Jeremy's young son, Zachary. Many stopped by Jeremy's convention booth and made a donation without purchasing anything. Our final first Singapore garrison presented Jeremy with an E-11 blaster, patches, cards, 501st 20th anniversary t-shirt, and a 501st cap in hopes that it would be an inspiration for him to complete his armor and join the Legion one day. 
Singapore Garrison also organized their own separate fundraiser to benefit KKH Health Fund on the second day of the convention, which Jeremy wasn't able to attend, and raised 2,000 Singapore dollars in donations. That separate donation was also made in honor of Tommy, CC15120's wife, who was recently diagnosed with a similar ailment as Jeremy's late wife. We'll have a link to an article about Jeremy in our show notes. In Costa Rica, they celebrate Children's Day each year on September 9th. Our Costa Rica garrison has found that the most rewarding way to celebrate it is to visit the children in the hospital. And since garrison CO Luis works at San Vicente de Paul Hospital, he was able to easily arrange the visit directly with the hospital's director. Ten garrison members, one Rebel Legion member, and some recruits were able to make the rounds through the pediatric ward and even the emergency room. Earlier in the day, 13 members of the garrison visited Hospital Nacional de Niños in San Jose, alongside their friends from Hospisonrisas, a clown doctor's organization. To cover more ground, there were six floors, and since they had a lot of troopers volunteer, they split into two squads, Vader Squad and Boba Squad. They were able to visit the whole hospital in less than three hours, giving joy and hope to the little patients. Some of them slipped away from their beds, alarming the poor nurses to say hello to Lord Vader or Chewie. We'll have a link to photos from both hospital visits in our show notes. Thanks to Grand Admiral Ed, AR-5494, for that report and trooping twice in one day. Empire City Garrison attended the Mineola Street Fair on behalf of the Mineola Public Library on the afternoon of Saturday, September 10th. Chris, TB6744, Jim, TK61375, Ron, SL5928, Joe, TK91452, and David, ID10956, all volunteered. And it was David's first troop, so congratulations to him on that. There was a large local street fair that had games, crafts, and other activities. Thankfully, it was great weather, and they had a nice-sized crowd throughout the day, taking photos with attendees young and old. As usual, ECG troopers handed out imperial citations and trading cards and had fun roaming around the fair. They even made the front page of the local town paper. Thanks to Chris, TB6744, for that report. On September 15, 2017, the members of the Mid-South Garrison's Most Nuga Squad were hit by a huge blow when they received some sad news about their young friend, Patrick, whom they met back in 2010. This young man was a huge Star Wars fan, but also suffered from osteogenesis imperfecta, aka brittle bone disease. In the last seven years, he was at a number of Fabio First events, giving Legionnaires moral support and being Most Nuga Squad's best cheerleader. In 2011, Patrick and his parents were given a new home by the ABC show Extreme Makeover Home Edition. In 2013, Patrick's mother, Cindy, joined the 501st and became a member of the Moss Nuga Squad as ID 11126. After learning of Patrick's passing, all in the squad who knew him mourned his loss as Patrick was a friend to them all. Members also grieved with Patrick's parents, Cindy and Michael. On September 19, 2017, the members of Moss Nuga Squad were pallbearers to carry the young friend to his final resting place. Patrick will be missed. His smile was so contagious that he could light up a room by giving him a smile or telling a joke. Thank you to Alex SL4142 for sharing this news with us. Alex wore his Jedi robes for Patrick's burial, as Patrick's parents would often refer to Alex as their son's Jedi protector. Rest in peace, Patrick. We'll have links in our show notes to a video of Patrick's funeral 
a tribute video of his life and the video from the extreme makeover of episode. Empire City Garrison attended the Sysoset Public Library for their SciCon Convention Day, Saturday, September 16th. Chris, TK6744, Mike, TI11758, and Andrew, SL10214, repped for the 501st, and they were joined by members of the Rebel Legion and Saber Guild. SciCon was a pop culture mini-convention that focused on science fiction, fantasy, steampunk, comics, gaming, and anime. It was open to all ages and featured dealer tables, activities, raffles, and costume contests. Many of the kids and adults were in costume and had fun participating in the various activities. It was much bigger and more crowded than any expected, and it was a huge success for the library. Legionnaires had a great time taking photos, giving out cards, and interacting with some very enthusiastic kids and adults. We'll have a link to a photo from this troupe in our show notes. Thanks to Chris, TK6744, for that report. Uh, there is a new garrison in town. The western half of Pennsylvania is now covered by Starkiller Garrison. The eastern half remains Garrison Carita. For Starkiller, September 16th will be a day long remembered as their first full-fledged event as a new garrison. This event at Frick Park in Pittsburgh was called Mutt Strut and benefited Guardian Angels Medical Service Dogs and thus featured many, many cuddly doggies and many, many excited troopers to pet them. They had two secured tents set up to change in, plentiful on-street parking, and abundant free food and water available to them as well, which always makes for happy troopers. The event got underway about 10 a.m., but their excitement meant that they were ready well in advance. There were 10 troopers from Starkiller, one from Carita, six Rebel Legion members, and two squires volunteering for the day. They were introduced to the enthusiastic crowd of humans and pooches and proceeded to mingle with them both in the park and while walking around the perimeter. There were games to be had all around as well, including a cornhole game, which TB99920 once again proved his skill at, and lawn bowling at the far end of the park. Once things started to wind down, some of the troopers even strolled over to the many neighborhood yard sales that were adjacent to the park. There were reports of a couple isolated instances of stepping in doggy bombs, both in and out of costume, but that still didn't dampen their spirits. We'll have a link to a photo gallery in our show notes, and thanks to new CEO Greg, ID2936, for that report. Empire City Garrison was invited to a walk to end Alzheimer's at Belmont Lake State Park on Saturday, September 16th. The family-friendly event takes place in many communities nationwide to raise funds for Alzheimer's research, education, advocacy, and awareness. Bill TK20177 and Alan TR97491 arrived at 8.30 a.m. and were ready to rock by 9 a.m. to greet the walkers for registration. They brought many smiles to children and adults alike. Some families even came back from multiple pictures. After a couple hours, they moved with a crowd to the starting line and cheered walkers on as they started the walk at noon. Congrats to Alan on his first troop as a Royal Guard, and thanks to Bill TK20177 for that report. Five members of Empire City Garrison attended the Kiwanis Classic Car Show and Health Expo on Sunday, September 17th. The event featured a car show, health expo, Chinese auction, 50-50, vendor tables, food vendors, prizes, games, and more, with all proceeds going to the Kiwanis Club of the Islips Bay Shore Foundation. ECG troopers had a great time taking photos, giving out cards, and interacting with some very enthusiastic kids and adults. This was Eugene, TK11223's last troop with ECG 
G before his move to Florida. His service to the 501st and the organizations we support has always been greatly appreciated, and his garrison mates will miss him. This was also his 100th troop. We wish Eugene and his family the best in their new location. He's sure to be an asset to Florida Garrison. Thanks to Chris, TB6744, for that report. On Saturday, September 23rd, members of Mid-South Garrison's Masanuga Squad attended the 13th annual GoFest, sponsored by the City of Chattanooga. This year's event was held at the Chattanooga Zoo and even overflowed into its parking lot. Legionnaires arrived at 9 a.m. to set up their booth and unload their costume bins, and within the hour, they were all set to pose for photos and bring smiles to festival attendees. Despite the heat, temps were in the upper 80s with humidity making it feel even warmer. Our troopers did an amazing job. There were five members attending, four in costume, and one to man the 501st information booth. The public is always amazed to hear that we are an all-volunteer organization and love the message of bad guys doing good. This event was great as always, and the city of Chattanooga very welcoming to our 501st members. Our members also got to meet the new chief of the Chattanooga police, David Roddy, and the squad looks forward to attending again next year. Thanks to Alex, SL4142, for that report. And I guess we didn't specify, but the the GoFest sort of theme is uh, accessibility. Um, So making sure that no matter what your mode of transportation is or your your disability, um, you're able to participate in activities mm-hmm. equally. Imperial Sands Garrison returned for a second year to support Autism Speaks events in San Diego on September 30th. It was a nicely attended troop, including 11 members from the ISG, almost three times as many as the year before, plus a Rebel Legion member and a visiting Central Garrison trooper, James TK17111. Although James sadly didn't bring his short trooper costume with him from Nebraska, he was a great help as a wrangler. The troopers cheered on the crowd as they embarked on their 5K walk. Many kids were fascinated by our members, and those who were nervous often opened up when offered a high five. Check out the link to a group photo in our show notes. Thanks to Jamie TI 67076 for that report. Eight members and some recruits for Costa Rica Garrison attended Hero City Minicon in Cartago. It was organized by a local collector's club and, in addition to being a mini-convention, was also a fundraiser to benefit a retirement home for poor elderly people. Alongside the 501st were other costuming clubs like the Rebel Legion, Saber Guild, Ghostbusters, and Harry Potter costumers. Thanks to Grand Admiral Ed, AR5494, for that report, and congratulations on hitting your... 250th troop as a legionnaire. We'll have a link to a big album of Facebook photos for this mini-con in our show notes. On the morning of Sunday, October 1st, Empire City Garrison attended the Walk Now for Autism Walk in Jones Beach State Park in Wontang, New York. George, TK11710, Dave, TD6513, Chris, TB6744, Ron, SL5928, Bill TK20177, John TI42070, and Eric TK14729 all stepped up to volunteer. Boy, if our membership numbers get any longer, these reports are going to be very difficult. This was a great event as usual. They posed for tons of photos, handed out citations, and had a lot of fun. The crowd was very large, and the weather was sunny and breezy. They raised over a half a million dollars at this year's event for autism research and awareness, and there were over 25,000 walkers. Our members were all very proud to be part of it. 
David, TD6513, participated in the walk itself in costume, although he did change his shoes. He didn't wear his normal TK shoes. He wore sneakers. So, But, you know, we got to give him that. And he raised over $650 for his team. We'll have a link to a group photo in our show notes. And thanks, as always, to Chris TB6744 for that report. Costa Rica was just hit by Tropical Storm Nate, but Costa Rica Garrison is already on the job. Mike TK50601 attended a fundraising event on October 7th to support his hometown and one of the areas with heavy damage, Perez Celedon County. Perez Celedon is located 100 kilometers south of San Jose, Costa Rica's capital, and is struggling with recovery as all access routes into the region have been compromised. The fundraiser was organized to help the victims of the storm who had lost their homes. Good job on your quick action, TK50601. Mike had also done a troop in Perez Celedon with some Rebel Legion and Sabre Gold members just a few weeks before at a minicon to benefit Pediatric Palliative Care Clinic. Thanks to Grand Admiral Ed AR5494 for that report. More than 200,000 people crammed the aisles of the Javits Center in New York City this past weekend to attend New York Comic Con. Our Empire City Garrison was on the job fundraising for Make-A-Wish during the con with their Blasted Trooper activity. Although it only ran for about an hour each of the four days, they topped last year's donation and raised $4,852 for Make-A-Wish. They also organized a march of the 501st through the convention, and we'll have a link to photos from that in our show notes. Great work, ECG. Well, gang, we've got uh, a little bit of a surprise for you. As if the Last Jedi trailer and that uh, great audio that we had from the Alaska Garrison weren't enough, we've got some more audio for you. And this is something that I recorded years ago on another podcast that I did, I want to say about six or seven years ago, with a couple of honorary members of the 501st Legion. I'm not sure if they were honorary members back then or not, but they are now. We're talking about uh, good friends Alan Fling, who was the uh, bridge officer of the Executor in Return of the Jedi, who said, Sir, we've lost our bridge deflector shields. And Derek Lyons, who was a rebel metal bearer as well as a Masazi temple guard in Star Wars A New Hope. Now, Alan reprises his role as that bridge officer of the Executor in this next audio clip that I recorded with them. It's only a couple of minutes long, so don't worry, it won't take a lot of your time, but it's actually very funny. It's called the Enterprising Executor, and uh, you get the idea. Imagine the Executor meeting uh, or coming across the uh, USS Enterprise from the original Star Trek series back in the 60s. It's hilarious, and it starts out sort of Clone Wars-esque. I've said enough. Enjoy. On the bridge of the Super Star Destroyer Executor, or Executor, the officers and crew have emerged from hyperspace and ponder a strange alien vessel suddenly in front of them. Sir, has captured 430 life forms aboard the vessel, mostly human. It also appears to have tactical defenses and armaments similar to our own. What? No vessel that small could be carrying defensive shores similar to ours. Try to establish communications with them. Yes, sir. Meanwhile, aboard the bridge of the alien vessel... Whatever it is, it's huge. My God. Spock, what do you make of it? Library computer. Data being received. Sensors indicated to consist of many unremarkable ores, 
essentially an inferior fortress flying through space. Inferior? You're kidding, right? Vulcans never kid. They're hailing us, Captain. On screen. This is the Executor, flagship of the Imperial Navy. Funny, they don't look like Klingons. We order you to drop your shields and prepare to be boarded for inspection of your cargo and passenger manifest. Sir, her scans also show that half of the crew are female, and all of the females are wearing miniskirts. Prepare my shuttle. I want to supervise the boarding party myself. No one is boarding this ship, mister. Fine, then. This bickering is pointless anyway. Lieutenant, lock a tractor beam on them and have our main batteries prepared to open fire. Yes, sir. Captain, that tractor beam they put on us is a wee bit different from ours. It's completely drained our dilithium crystals. We've no power at all, not even enough to get off a shot with our phasers. Mr. Sulu... Lock photon torpedoes and fire. Aye, sir. Firing. <laughs> sir, we've lost our bridge to <laughs> Have all batteries open fire. I don't want anything getting through. And launch all TIE fighter squadrons. You will do no such thing, Commander. Lord Vader, we are taking some damage, but we have the situation well under control. I find your appraisal of the situation lacking. Let me speak to their captain. As you wish, my lord. Release my ship. I am responsible for 430 lives. All too easy. Commander, tear their ship apart and bring their women to me. I want them alive. Yes, sir. Uh, right away. So Star Wars Reads is now all month long instead of being just a single day in October, which does make it a bit easier for us to be able to visit more libraries and bookstores, but it might make it harder for the public to know where to go to visit with us. So be sure to stay tuned to your local Garrison's website and or Facebook page to find out where they'll be appearing. And if you need any help trying to figure out which of our Garrisons is your local Garrison, uh, be sure to send us an email or message us on our Facebook page. Email is eventrequest at 501st.com. And hopefully you already know where our Facebook page is and like it and follow us on Twitter and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, just in case not, we'll have links to our social in the show notes as well. For more upcoming events, be sure to check out our friends at Roku Depot. They publish a data burst from the 501st, which contains upcoming events from as many of our Legion units as they can gather data from. That's Roku Depot, dot com. Member Shoutout. This episode, we'd like to give a shout-out to Gary TK and SL1190 from Best Alpha Garrison. He just underwent open-heart surgery a couple of days ago, and we wish him all the best on a swift and full recovery. I saw photos of him on his Facebook page. It was like, I think, the next day, and he was already standing up. And So I'm hoping he's going to do really well. Hmm. Best wishes to you, Gary. Yeah. Best wishes, sir. 
As always, our official home on the web is 501st.com slash podcast, where you can post your feedback and comments and listen to previous episodes of the show. The 501st cast is an easy way to catch up on a few weeks of Legion news while driving, at the office, or working out. But if you're looking for up-to-the-minute news, you'll need to get it from our social media feeds like Facebook and Twitter. Just look us up on Facebook as The 501st Legion, or go to facebook.com slash The 501st Legion. You can also follow us on Twitter as at 501st Legion, or go to twitter.com slash 501st Legion. Join in the discussion as thousands of fellow fans share their passion for trooping, Star Wars, and charity. And don't forget, you can listen to this podcast on our website, on iTunes, Stitcher, and the Star Wars Podcasts Android app. The 501st Legion is a worldwide Star Wars costuming organization comprised of and operated by Star Wars fans. While it is not sponsored by Lucasfilm Limited, it is Lucasfilm's preferred Imperial costuming group. Star Wars, its characters, costumes, and all associated items are the intellectual property of Lucasfilm. Copyright and trademark Lucasfilm Limited. All rights reserved. That's it, troopers. Join us next time on the 501st cast. This is... <laughs> this is episode 105 for October... <laughs> advocacy no. what Advo- advocacy Help advocacy me. thank you blooper